The America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at llbean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. As the national park idea began to inspire Americans far and wide, a major problem arose. How to provide safe access to these often wild and dangerous places, especially as the automobile began to make cross-country travel easier and more affordable. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, two roads that taught the National Park Service some of the major lessons that have been applied to park design over the past century. In the great state of Colorado, Rocky Mountain National Park presides over the Continental Divide as one of the crowning jewels of the national park system. But as you could decipher from its very name, access to the wilds of the Rockies was difficult. In 1920, park managers set out to provide access to the high country via a trail, as was traditional. But this trail would be designed to accommodate motor vehicles. And it was named Ball River Road. Here's Abigail Trebu. The first road ever built over the Continental Divide quietly leads travelers from Horseshoe Park, a short distance west of the Fall River entrance, through Rocky Mountain National Park's wilderness to Fall River Pass, 11,796 feet above sea level. The journey to the alpine world at the top of Old Fall River Road happens at a max speed limit of 15 miles per hour, a clear indication that a journey up is not for the impatient. The road itself is safe, but narrow and curved mostly gravel with no guardrails. In places, the trees are so close that motorists can touch them. The road follows a route traveled long ago by Native American hunters who came to the park in search of its abundant game. Early in the trip, travelers passed the alluvial fan scoured out by the 1982 Lawn Lake Flood and the site of a labor camp that housed state convicts who worked on the road project. The laborers were forced to build the three-mile stretch of road to the scenic Chasm Falls with no more than hand tools at their disposal. When it opened, the grades were so steep that some early automobiles had to go up it backward due to their weak engines with gravity-fed fuel systems. The width of the road rarely exceeded 14 feet, not quite enough for most vehicles to pass each other. Turnouts built for passing were few and far between, and they were often taken over by parked vehicles enjoying the scenery. 16 switchbacks had a radius tighter than the turn radius of most vehicles that took the road. 
After passing Willow Park, the road enters the Alpine Tundra. Awaiting there is Fall River Cirque, birthplace of glaciers that once worked their way up and down the mountain valleys. The road traverses the headwall of this amphitheater-like formation before joining Trail Ridge Road near the Alpine Visitor Center at Fall River Pass. Throughout the 20s, parks quickly became very popular, and visitation skyrocketed. It was clear to the Park Service that Fall River Road wasn't enough, and a new road would be required, one that would be more than a motor trail. It would be a highway route over the Rockies. Trail Ridge Road. Construction on a new route over the Continental Divide began in 1929 and was complete to Fall River Pass by July 1932, with a maximum grade of 7%, less than half of the old Fall River Road's 16% grades. The road was fully completed by 1938, following what was known to local Arapaho as the Dog Trail, or Where Children Walked because it was so steep that children could not be carried. The road was designed to intrude as little as possible into the landscape. Still, there was opposition within the Park Service over such a construction project in one of our treasures of the wild. Objections were overruled by Horace Albright, director of the National Park Service, who wanted to increase visitation. It is hard to describe what a sensation this new road is going to make. He predicted, you will have the whole sweep of the Rockies before you in all directions. During road construction, workers had only about four months of the year, mid-June to mid-October, to work. The presence of a permafrost required that careful attention be paid to construction to avoid permanent mistakes. Workers removed construction debris as they constructed log and rock dikes to minimize scarring and scattering of rock blasting. They salvaged tundra sod, carefully replacing it in road shoulders. They used tractors, graders, horses, and gas-powered steam shovel. And during the peak of construction, 150 laborers worked on the road, creating what is still today the highest paved highway in the United States. When the road opened, the park's lofty wilderness interior was introduced to the first travelers along an auto route the Rocky Mountain News called a scenic wonder road of the world. Covering the 48 miles between Estes Park on the park's east side and Grand Lake on the west, Trail Ridge Road more than lives up to Albright's predictions. 11 miles of this high highway travel above treeline, the elevation near 11,500 feet where the park's evergreen forests come to a halt. As it winds across the tundra's vastness to its high point at 12,180 feet, Trail Ridge Road offers visitors thrilling views, wildlife sightings, and spectacular alpine wildflowers, all from the comfort of their car. 
Whether they begin their journey at Estes Park or Grand Lake, Trail Ridge Road Travelers climb some 4,000 feet in a matter of minutes. The drive begins in forests of aspen and ponderosa pine, soon changing to thick, subalpine forests of fir and spruce. At treeline, the last stunted, wind-battered trees yield to the alpine tundra. Up on the wind-swept alpine world, conditions resemble those found in the Canadian or Alaskan Arctic. It's normally windy and 20 to 30 degrees colder than the gateway communities below. The sun beats down with high, ultraviolet intensity. The vistas from the several road pullovers sweep north to Wyoming, east across the Front Range cities and Great Plains, and south and west into the heart of the Rockies. Pikas, marmots, and bighorn sheep are common here, along with about 200 species of tiny alpine plants that hug the ground. Despite a growing season that may last just 40 days, many bloom vividly in yellow, red, pink, blue, purple, and white. The Continental Divide, where stream flows are separated east from west, is crossed at Milner Pass. Located at a surprisingly low 10,758 feet in elevation. Moose munch greenery in the upper reaches of the Colorado River and grazing elk greet sunrise and sunset in many of the forest-rimmed meadows. Old Fall River Road can still be traveled today. And it's quite a journey. It's a one-way gravel route that doesn't permit vehicles over 25 feet. The Park Service doesn't plow it except for the last portion near the Alpine Visitor Center. But each year after the snow melts, the road is graded before it's open to vehicle traffic, usually around the 4th of July. The road usually closes to vehicles again in late September or October, but it's still open to snowshoeing and cross-country skiing during the winter. Plowing to open Trail Ridge Road for the season begins in mid-April. It takes an average of 42 days to complete. It's a difficult process as an inch or two of new snow can drift several feet overnight. Once plowed, it's passable by most every vehicle, including RVs, but many larger vehicle operators may be a little nerve-wracked during such a journey. Temporary closings may occur in spring or fall due to snow. This year, the road was closed on September 5th due to the Cameron Peak Fire, It was just reopened, but only until October 5th, when it will close to vehicles for the season. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, and narrated by Abigail Trebu. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the See America podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be an Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. <laughs>